Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, this is Jordan with the Startup to Scale podcast and excited to talk with Alex, the co-founder of Eck Drinks, and about his, their business, where it's going, and successes and challenges along the way. So Alex, welcome. Hi Jordan, excited to be here. I'd love for you just to give a quick one minute pitch about Avec and what the product is. Sure. At Avec, we are rethinking the mixer category for the modern drinker, making it healthier, tastier, and more sustainable. So think, take your classic mixer like a ginger beer or a tonic water, which have anywhere between four teaspoons of sugar and uh, six or seven teaspoons of sugar and reinventing them using more interesting real ingredients, real juices, and natural botanicals, and making them have less than one teaspoon of sugar. So making a sort of 90% difference there. I think 90%. Yeah, and what I love is your flavors as well. So you have things like yuzu, lime, and hibiscus, pomegranate. Um, all really interesting flavors to really elevate that experience and no added sugar in those. Yeah, totally. What we were trying to do, let's take the Yuzu one, for example, is go, okay, what is the most drunk cocktail in America? It's a tequila or vodka soda lime, you know, and how can we elevate that experience and make it tasty every time, right? Because what's the bigger problem with a vodka or tequila soda lime is that, you know, for the most part, they suck, right? Um and so the yuzu juice is zero, zero, sorry, yuzu and lime is zero sugar, zero calorie. We use fresh yuzu juice, fresh lime juice, and some lemongrass extract to kind of create this balance. And you have this delicious high flavor, low sugar, or zero sugar in this case, um, impact every time. I love that. So why you and why this business? Tell me about why you got started. Sure. Uh, so I have always loved food and beverage. I, you know, growing up, my mom used to call me Chef Truffles, which is very embarrassing. And ended up, ended up, you know, for my sins, I guess, as a strategy consultant and really got dragged sort of ass backwards into food and beverage or already kind of drove myself into food and beverage from an interest perspective. You know, as I got more senior, I could pick, you know, pick, start picking my projects and ended up in a situation where I kind of I really became specialized in, in really hospitality, working for food and food, sort of pubs and restaurants and bar chains in the UK and it was whilst doing that that I had this kind of lightning bolt for Avec which was you know we've changed everything else in our diet from you know, you know um, natural milk you know sorry alternative milks or like low sugar high high quality chocolate bars you know think Justin's peanut butter cups or you know or sweet cream for lunch not as you know daily sandwich anymore but yet when we go into a bar all of that hard work all of that thought from the rest of the week is just thrown out the window and you, you know, are willing to take on basically your whole daily intake of sugar in one drink. You know, a gin and tonic or a or a Moscow Mule is seventy five percent of your recommended daily intake. Um, so that's what we're trying. That's the problem we're trying to solve. I love that. And so, as we all know, whenever you create a CPG product, it's incredibly easy, right? <laughs> God, it's easy. It's why everyone's doing it and should do it. Um, no, it, it is. It's, it is remarkably difficult. I, I can't speak for food, which I know is 
has somewhat different economics, but canned beverage is not something, you know, I think people would think that given the number of canned beverages coming onto the market, that uh, canned beverages is a sort of easy, easy way to make some money. And, and uh, it is, it is as tough an industry as I think you can find yourselves in. Um, mostly, I think, because you're A, in an inventory business. So you have all the struggles that any inventory business does. Um, uh, but you also have a huge scale disadvantage that is unfathomable. You know, you can be a pretty big beverage and can, and can beverage and still get your ass beaten um, on a can by can basis from, from a unit economic standpoint. You know, I talked to a founder that launched a, um, like a sports drink a number of years ago and for their first production order to get any type of scale, they had to order 20,000 bottles and Mm -hmm. just the pressure that puts on you as a founder to grab 20,000 units of inventory with like little to no customers at the very beginning (laughs) is extremely stressful and challenging. And it, you know, led to them taking on accounts that in hindsight, they probably shouldn't have because they didn't have the means to support them, but they just needed purchase orders and sales as much as possible just to move that product. Cause they started off as a huge deficit because of it. Okay. Yeah. Our first order was 40,000 cans. We'd never made a can product before and it just wasn't worth. We we did some sample cans, but, you know, in order to make a small run, it was going to cost us the same amount, more or less, to make a small run as it would be the whole run. You know, so there really isn't an easy way to do it unless you've got lots of cash. And so that's why they say in canned beverage, you need, which is something I wish I'd known before, and is, you know, really in canned beverage, you need $2 million yeah. to get going. Yeah, I mean, that's where... Um was really deceptive about both like food and beverage that it's perceivably easy to get started because literally everyone has a relationship with food or in drinks. And if you think like, oh, if I can make this in my home kitchen or even a commercial kitchen, then it should be fairly easy to scale. But the numbers to produce the product at any type of efficiency and to market sale, have all the overhead branding is incredibly expensive. And, you know, that price is going up really in order to, you know, you can get started for less than a million dollars, but you're going to be working yourself crazy if not into the ground, unless you have, yeah, two, $5 million at the minimum to have any fighting chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I think it's scary when you put it like that, but I guess it's, you sort of, well, the way we think about it, at least, is you know trying to prove out different channels, you know, different different kind of hypotheses about the brand and how it works, stage by stage, and then you know, and then go go from there. But yeah, so, absolutely, you need go. On. So talk about your your channel strategy because you have a a mixer, like a cocktail or a mocktail kind of mixer. Um, people are likely right consuming those at previously at bars. Um, in restaurants and now a little bit more so at home. So how do you think about building your channel strategy? How are you reaching your customers? Yeah, I, I think, and this is, I will speak to the audience and to your experience. I'm sure I'd love to hear your feedback on it, but you know, you make a, you make a product for a market with a positioning and, and then you put it in market and then the market really tells you what you are, not the other way around. Um, 
and we went out to we think the mixer category and what we've done really somewhat accidentally is somewhat created a new ish category or like an adjacent category or kind of a, a middling category which is we're a cocktail mixer you know we're, we're made to be a high flavor low sugar like dramatically healthier drink and in, in so doing what we've created is a great cocktail mixer for the home that can be drunk by itself or mixed and actually about 50 percent of our customers drink us by ourselves and we've responded to that so we're now going instead of focusing on bars and hotels we're focusing on d2c specialty grocery and casual dining places where you know the product can be drunk by itself or mixed yeah, then how does that show up? Because I know, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the direct-to-consumer business for beverage is really challenging because of the the weight of the product and um, the complexities of shipping. Um, you know, what have been some of the successes and difficulties there? Early on, we it was a relative success story. We were getting good revenue growth um, and good gross margin online, which is somewhat not unheard of, but certainly difficult. And the way that we were getting there was by telling a great story through PR, mostly. Uh, you know, hey, we're, we're bringing a new way of thinking to the industry. We're going to use only natural ingredients. We're not going to use preservatives. We're not going to use natural flavor. We're not going to use some concentrate. We're going to be 80, 90% less sugar as well. And we're going to be tasty and uh we look you know relatively cool and so um we just got a lot of press hits at the beginning which was, we were very fortunate to do so i think um and that was really helpful for the for the direct business uh, with that and paid and organic combined we were able to kind of do well you know that's the, that's kind of the good news and we were able to get relatively good gross margin or at least you know we were paying ourselves back within the first order and a bit, which is, which is, which is good. The bad news was really the iOS updates have sort of crushed up. You know, iOS updates and return from the pandemic or get people going back into the, into work has meant that our, our kind of DTC business has gone from being a good business. And we talked about this in region, you know, going from being a, not a great business, but a good business to an okay business and is now not a good business at all um and we're just figuring that out you know i mean is it is it a, a time thing are we going to be able to figure out how to get the customers for a way we can afford or is it just that dtc beverage was a or dtc beverage for us was a is a hits based business aka pr hits and is not really a sustainable channel for us but that's you know that's what we're thinking of yeah, you know, like I am a fan, a huge fan of the way PR can really help rise your your brand and build awareness. But on its own, it can be just very um, time based and a one time jump in sales. Um, and you might have done this as well. Um, did you running like ads towards those PR pieces to drive your own kind of paid traffic to them? Yeah, uh, we've run ads with the titles but i'm not sure we've run are you suggesting running ads on the pages yeah sometimes i've seen that actually help either doing like an abstract on your own site and then running an ad to the actual news mm. story um 
as a way of capitalizing on that because then you can, you know, even if the story was from a year ago, a lot of people never saw it. And so that story could still be relevant depending on the timing. So just something that I've seen where, you know, because of, of you know, copyright issues, a lot of times you can't repost the entire article on say your site, but I have seen brands write an abstract of that, drive the traffic to your abstract and then have a, um, a new window click where it would send them to the full story, but then they would still have the tab up or something of your website that they want to go back for. So, you know, just a strategy for, brands who might be listening as well, um, how to keep that content kind of relevant and, and fresh as well. Uh, Jordan, that's a really great idea. You, have you, if you have any examples, love you to send me some. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, the last thing I want to mention real quick is when you're expanding into grocery, how are you thinking about where your product lives on the shelf? You know, as you mix it, it can be a, a mixer. Some people drink it on its own. Are you thinking of merchandising it with the, the alcoholic beverage set or with the kind of better for you soda kind of set? So I think that there's a, a, you know, channel strategy, a lot of the channel strategy enables you to, to tell the story for you rather than thinking about where it lies on the shelf. Um, but to answer the question directly, let's say at a Whole Foods, there's a growing number of sophisticated sodas, I would say. So think Perrier, think uh, San Pellegrino uh, and the kind of newer versions of those. And they tend to sit near the fever trees and the queues, which are specific mixes. And in general, the kind of seltzers tend to sit somewhere else. The less sophisticated, natural flavor-driven seltzers tend to sit somewhere else. Uh, and I think it's just the premium, you know, it's, it's a flavored thing. It's the premium thing. Um, and so we, we all sit there with those guys. When it comes to other channels, you know, we're going to go and be in liquor stores, you know, and so we're going to be, we're going to look like a soda, but we're going to be in liquor stores. So it, it just depends. No, I think that's good insight. Is, yeah, figuring out like where people are going to, to find you. So it's easy. This is a quick aside, like when we were, I launched uh, my brand T-Squares in the Mariano stores here in the U.S. or in the Chicago area, we were trying to figure out where to place our product on the shelf. And the stores ended up placing us in like five different categories around the store. Mm -hmm. And even I couldn't find the product there. <laughs> and so just say, uh, you know, when your product kind of spans multiple categories, it, it can be tough and kind of figuring out where to best put it and working with retailers because they don't always do a good job in store of merchandising. <laughs> no, I think that's right. And it's not something, you know, transparently, it's not something we have fully worked out ourselves, but we're working on it. Yeah, and I think that's part of what you'll you'll figure out by doing that as well. Um, well, Alex, thanks so much for talking today. This has been incredible, and I really appreciate it. And wishing you the best of luck, and we'll definitely uh, follow up on your success.